from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is the Thai Cats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. Always great to have you with us on Thai Cats This Week, getting set for another game, another big game as the Tiger Cats visit Montreal. Of course, so much on the line with the East Division, second place, first place, the tiebreaker if the Tiger Cats are able to win. I'm RJ Broadhead along with the the busiest podcaster of the week, Luke Tasker. How are you holding up after all these podcasts this oh, week? Oh, man, just hydrating, trying to get my rest here and there. <laughs> <laughs> three appearance, cool. three appearances in three days on the Tiger. I'm, I'm, I'm the new Louis Butko, pretty much. Every day you can hear Louis who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on with Louis on uh, Ty Cats today, of course, the Coach O show. A lot of a lot of great stuff from from you and Coach O, and some great information. A couple of laughs, so that's of course a must listen on the on the Ty Cats Audio Network. Also, Ty Cats fans, it's time to ride on our strengths from now until October 13. Purchase four eligible Hercules passenger or light truck tires to receive a one hundred dollar Ty Cats rewards card. Be entered to win our road trip sweepstakes. Available at Active Green and Ross and Ross Ontario locations or visit HerculesTires.com slash AGR rewards. So, Luke, looking at the season, I think the three wins for the Tiger Cats were the three most important games for them. I'm not going to go down the must-win lane again, but <laughs> let, let's go through them. So, they took on Ottawa. They were, Both teams were 0-4. Couldn't go to 0-5 for the Tiger Cats if they were hoping for first or second place. So they got that first win. So to me, that was a crucial, crucial game against another 0-4 team to get that victory. What do you think? Yep, it was crucial. Um, and they had the unusual situation of uh, undefeated against undefeated with Edmonton and undefeated mm-hmm. and undefeated against Ottawa. And and the Tie Cats, that was at a moment where you and I were both kind of saying, yeah, and and it was you know it's time to break that streak, which the Tie Cats were able to. Uh, that was a great first win, yeah. Yeah, all the all defeated games, <laughs> so they got the first <laughs> win, but then then they lost to BC after getting that win against Ottawa. The Tiger Cats did, and they were one and five coming up against Montreal. Montreal had just picked up their second win. So that game at at Tim Hortons Field, that 24-17 victory, to me that was, again, another very important victory for the Tiger Cats. If they didn't get that, things could be could be a lot different. Do you, do you agree with that, keeping pace with Montreal and winning that game? Huge, and that's it. Keeping pace with Montreal at that time, that was that was big to, to uh, stay neck and neck with Montreal and not get that, you know, str- two-game behind stretch of, of Montreal. That was a rough fourth quarter. Fourth quarter in that Montreal game, <laughs> things got a little scary, like they have many times early in this season. Uh, but they that time they were able to hang on, and that you're right, uh, big victory. So Tiger Cats, we know have three wins. So their three wins to me have been just massive timing. Last week against Toronto, they had lost the first meeting against the Argos. They couldn't lose the first two if they hoped to win the season series with two games remaining. The best they could have done is a is a split and. You want to finish first or second. Plus, Montreal came off of that improbable win in Winnipeg, beating the Bombers. So, again, to keep pace with Montreal and even the series with Toronto, I, we didn't talk a ton about the 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 huge impact if the Tiger Cats didn't win last week. But uh, I think it was massive if they if they didn't get that victory, they could be in a bit of trouble right now. Yeah, and in a couple ways. And first, just as Ty Cats 
analysts and and for fans who are the listeners, of course. I mean, it was just it was just huge to stay you know, just behind Toronto in the rankings to have sort of uh, that momentum in the series that's going to continue. But in just a a greater, a broader CFL sense, the the experiment of four games out of five against the same team (laughs) is going very well, actually. (laughs) Right. It got, there was a lot of haters out there for the four times against Toronto in five weeks, but they split the first two games. I mean, as onlookers in the CFL, you can't really ask for a better scenario. Now you go into a very meaningful uh, back-to-back again after this break where Hamilton plays Montreal. And so as as sort of ugly as the East looked in the first sixth of the, or excuse me, the first third of the season, the first six games, uh, it, it's, it's actually a very interesting uh, layout now where all these teams keep on beating each other to stay kind of close, even though, uh, you know, ugly comparative to the West, but the East is still very exciting. Absolutely it is. And if uh, I was asking myself, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, midway point of the season, Tiger Cats are going to be three and six, I probably would have said no way. And if so, season's probably not going to end well. (laughs) However, three and six, they're still in it. Second place, chance to even improve their their position against Montreal. Was there ever a point that you you felt the season was was maybe getting away from the Tiger Cats? Well, the games that you just recapped, like maybe we would have if the Ottawa game went sideways. Yes. You know, and it really would have started to look a little, you know, dire. But we were always comparing it to 2017, right from the start of the season. We were kind of saying, you know, is this another uh, 2017 where the Ticats went 0-8? And, and and kind of right from the start, hand-in-hand hand with that, everyone's opinion was sort of no. Like, things do look a little bit different and a little bit more optimistic, even though the losses were piling up early on. And so the reality of it is that... that it still it it never was it never was out of reach and the Ticats have have hung on and started to turn things in the right direction you know maybe just in time or if not just in time you know uh, when they needed timely to. timely yes like every victory has been they need it and they got it and yeah. and now first place is still a, a realistic opportunity at at three and six so it, yeah. it's just been a fascinating season and they they've done what they they've had to do at certain times you mentioned mm-hmm. the four games against Toronto over a a five-week span or a five-game span. The one issue is the rivalry and how physical it is and injuries piling up for both teams. We saw it last week where the Tiger Cats were hit hard on offense. No Braylon Addison, no Dane Evans. They were still able to become victorious. The defense stayed pretty much the same. But now, going into this Montreal game, the offense is staying pretty much the same. The only change is Jalen Morton goes to the practice roster and Dane Evans will dress as the third string quarterback. But the, the stories are on the defense, Luke, it's, it's some major players out, both corners, Jamal Roll, Siante Evans, they're out. Des Lawrence comes in and Alden Darby is healthy. And Simone Lawrence, he got injured, went to the sideline against Toronto, came back, and he was a man on fire. He played phenomenal, and now he's going to be out. So maybe he came back and, and played through an injury just out of out of the heart he has. But uh, Kyle Wilson is, is healthy enough to step into that uh, Will linebacker position. What are your thoughts on the, on the injuries to defense? 
Yeah, it's a bit of an eye roll for the tie cats. Like, holy, holy smokes! I can't believe that it's that we're dealing with this now. And the beginning of the season, we were talking about the injury bug in the offensive line, right? And they've and that's been ongoing and is still. I mean, Chris Van Zyl is still on the sixth game, and that that's that's not totally uh, uh, changed. But they have had at least some consistency in the last weeks. Then we saw the offense, like you said, and especially the receiving core. And now it's to the defense too, and so it's like every every phase. And excuse me, the special teams has had major players missing from the lineup for weeks. A few of those guys who find themselves on all four of the major special teams units have not been able to dress, and so it has yeah. really spread through each phase of the team. Um, they've also started to, to um, get some wins as they've as they've gone on here through the second half so uh, you know interesting to see Dane uh, on the field at third string and I think you can take that to sort of mean that you know they're 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 pleased enough with his injury to have him out there in in the event that you know he's the last case scenario but uh, you know obviously uh, I think you can assume he's probably still dealing with stuff too Matt Schiltz although he's starting this week had to didn't even play he played three quarters of the game you know yeah so he missed the entire third quarter and came back out and, pre- and performed very well similar to how Simone uh clearly struggling with an injury came out and made a couple huge pl- tackles in the fourth quarter so they're finding ways to battle through it but man the injury bug is is uh is uh running wild through the Ticats yeah I, I smile every time I hear Coach O say it it's not the practice roster it's the waiting room I, I think that's just a a great way of referring to it and and yeah. hey that waiting room is has been called on a few times and yeah. guys have stepped up and taken advantage of opportunities absolutely yeah well, you've seen you've seen a couple young guys and it's and you also see guys roll in from up from other places like Mike Jones came in sure enough that that bug caught up with with Mike as well after he was putting on a pretty good show in Toronto so yeah, it's wild, man. And and who knows what how the season progresses, who's going to end up playing well. You like to have, you know, you you, talk, you mentioned Alden Darby and it's, you know, such a bonus to the Ticat to have a guy like that who can who's can bounce around. He started at half uh, uh this in when the season opened uh for Kariel Brooks and now he's going to be playing corner and he's a guy who's can kind of travel around the secondary and and fill in uh where you need him. Yeah, spent some time at linebacker in the preseason, so he he is a versatile guy. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Matt Schiltz. I thought he he played fast. His reads were quick. He made a decision whether to pass or run. Uh, watched him in practice. I, I thought he looked really sharp. So whatever was bothering him in the third quarter didn't appear to bother him in practice. Although that's a lot different than than game action. So hopefully he's he's one hundred percent. But it wasn't a lot of passing yards thrown. Fewest of the season. One hundred and eighty for the Tiger Cats. But their fourth best yards per pass so they didn't throw as much what did you think of of Schultz against Toronto uh, I was really pleased with his just game management um, and in particular his ability to piece together a pretty good game after that early interception which was really damaging at the time that time of the game I mean that was a really costly um, error to make and um, like we've said he, he he had to leave the game for whatever that was that he's dealing with he's playing he's starting this week but he was obviously dealing with something came back in and I thought thought he threw a few very impressive balls in the fourth quarter. Um, most notably the touchdown pass to Tim White. And I love it. I mean, he took a shot down the field to a guy who he trusted to make the play and that came came uh came through for him and uh but 
in addition to that throw, there was a couple comebacks on the sidelines that I just thought he was in the pocket, he was patient, and he was on time with the throw, confident, and and had the ability to run the offense. And that's why that's why the Ticats, you know, good on them for going and getting a guy like that in the offseason where you know you can you can still you can still win games even if your number one is not uh, is not on the field. Luke, you mentioned the interception that Matt Schiltz threw against the Argos. Again, Ticats lost the the turnover battle, but won the game, so that's another positive in the in the season for the Tiger Cats. But I went through, and they've had twenty three fumbles or interceptions, and the opposition has scored on those fourteen times, which is sixty one percent of the time. It just seems if the Tiger Cats make a mistake, they they don't get away with it. They haven't been able to get away with it through the first half of the season. Have you seen something like that before? I, I not that I can really remember, honestly, RJ. And if you close your eyes right now, like, can't you picture like a handful of them, like right on the field yeah. where they were, like back in the back towards their own end zone, you know, yep. or for a touchdown, you know, on the a defensive touchdown on that play? Yeah, there's been some untimely ones, and they haven't had a lot of, you know. <laughs> You know, that classic interception that's harmless is that is that second down bomb that gets intercepted. Like, you might as well have punted the ball anyways, that kind of thing. That has not been the, the interceptions that the Ticats have had. They've had, you know, inter- interception by a defensive, uh, you know, end, a box player, you know, returned in their own end. So it's been, it's been harmful, and it's interesting. Two of their three wins, they've lost the turnover ratio. They've, like, battled. They've, they've, they've had to fight that and, and had to overcome even that in the victories they've won. So hard McLeod Bethel Thompson has, has done an unbelievable job of, of protecting the football uh, in interceptions in the last stretch of weeks here. He's got a string of, of, uh, of passing attempts going without an interception. That's pretty impressive right now. Well over a hundred. And you know, I'd love to see this defense take the ball away a little bit more. And it's not because it's not like the, the Ticats have sort of stopped that massive bleeding. Right, like early in the season, you know, we, we were talking yeah. about four or five turnovers a game, right? Yes, yeah, costly turnovers. Let's talk a bit about the last game against Montreal. Uh, we mentioned earlier, big win that the Tiger Cats needed, twenty-four seventeen. Everything was looking like it was going to be easy cruise to victory. They outscored Montreal in the third quarter, fourteen nothing, and then Montreal outscored Hamilton in the fourth quarter, eleven nothing. <laughs> Maybe the the play of the year, the the play of the season so far. It looked bad at the time. Stavros Katsantonis, the hit on, on Trevor Harris. <laughs> <laughs> he got roughing the passer. But just think if you're a Tiger Cats fan and and your starting quarterback got taken out by the injury spotter on the very last play of the game. You're on the eight-yard line, a chance to tie the game with your quarterback who's on fire. And you have to bring in your backup quarterback who's thrown two passes all season long. And Dominic Davis throws an interception to Cam Kelly. Game over. Tiger Cats win. It it was just a a really odd ending to that game against Montreal. Like it was was meant to be for the Tiger Cats to get that victory. The the football gods uh, smiled upon them in, in, in that one in the end. And fortunately, Trevor Harris was okay. So that's the good news. But... Montreal, obviously, that didn't sit great with them on the the last play of the game. They couldn't have Harris in there. And you said it right. He was kind of on fire. I mean, he was kind of pe- yeah. stringing together a pretty impressive uh, end of the game there. 
we saw the same thing happen to Zach Claros early in the season and, and where he, in the end of the game and in crucial moments, he was taken out, not because he was injured, but by an injury spotter. And I, you know, I feel like we've had a couple things in the booth lately that we've talked about <laughs> that are sort of interesting rules and like, you know, game adjustments that are having to do with player safety. And, you know, this is kind of a wrinkle that has to get ironed out too. It's like, it's, I don't know if it's so, I don't know if it's right or appropriate that a, that a, that the team who, who, you know, gets suffers from the illegal hit or the roughing the passer or the, or the late contact gets punished by having their mm-hmm. player removed from the game. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a little questionable. You know, I, you know, I, I gotta work my way through that mentally, you know, understanding that it is for player safety. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, but it's an unfortunate part of the game. Ticat fans were very fortunate at that. Not to say that they could, that, that Montreal was definitely going to score or win the game. They still had, to, they still had work to do, but, yeah, interesting, interesting ending there. And uh, again, sort of you left that game sort of thinking, you know, you, they kind of potentially got away with one after, again, not putting on a great, a very impressive fourth quarter. But that's what's so encouraging to me, RJ, about this last Toronto win is was just the dominant fourth quarter that the Ticats had. All three phases really, really secured and, 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 and pulled that game out of out of the Argonauts' reach in the fourth quarter. That that was kind of by far, even having lost the turnover ratio, that was, you know, just the most impressive thing to me about that win. Yes, I agree. It had just been a, a topic for too long, those late-game collapses for the Tiger Cats. So it's great to see, and all it takes is, is a game like that against the Argos to – to rectify it and have those questions stop and you can move on and maybe mentally get that out of their heads because it it couldn't have been much more than a a mental thing. Just it kept happening. So Mm -hmm. um, with Montreal, they're coming off that win against Winnipeg. So that gives them a a ton of credit. Only team to beat Winnipeg this year. They have to have Mm -hmm. a lot of confidence out of that. and, And they're pretty confident with their defense, but Louis spoke with Sean Campbell, the Owls play-by-play announcer, on speaking with the enemy on the Ticats Audio Network, and he said the key for the Owls is to establish the run. I'm not convinced a team can establish the run against the Tiger Cats. I I talked to Micah Johnson about it at practice, and they take so much pride in it. it. They're very aware of how good they are at stopping the run. And to be honest, calling the games, Luke, if team runs... For more than three yards against this defense, I think, oh, wow, that's a pretty good run. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're so good. So I, I think if the Owls are hoping to establish the run, I think that's that's a tough thing to do against the Tiger Cats. Yeah, it is. And um, that's interesting that, that that point is made. I mean, I, I think it's applying pressure on Trevor Harris is the key. You know, I, I think that's hugely important to, to, to um, have an effective defensive game against the Alouettes and but that run game, you know, you're right. I mean, Hamilton is the, the front four has been so so good at that. Jovan Santos Knox is the tackle leader, and from his mic position, you know, he's he's been able to add into that run stop as well, very very well. Uh, the Ticats have at times, it hasn't been a a slow bleed in the run game. At sometimes, there's just been massive gains made on the ground in one play. They've had a couple explosions hit on them, even in this last Toronto game. And then in between those explosions, they're, 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 they're fully they're They've got everything stopped, you know? So that those come down to one-offs every, each one of those plays is different. And you know, if, when they, when they eliminate some of those, then it's really hard for teams to, to make any hay on the ground and you got to rely on your passer 
And in doing so, you have to give them time in the pocket. And so, again, those front four have, have also increased their their rush very well as the season goes on and have increased those sacks. And Micah Johnson's name we've been talking a lot more about. Of course, Dylan Wynn uh, and, and Julian Hauser, the sack leader, is, is, uh, had, had an unbelievable year. So huge. Those guys, those guys play such a crucial role in the way that these games have progressed, and especially with that secondary kind of nicked up right now it's got those guys those guys are going to have to have a great one uh this weekend it was funny louis butko asked micah johnson about you know you're up to four sacks he had another big game with sacks and he kind of laughed and said i've had a lot better games than that last game but everybody looks at the statistics and sometimes having a good game yeah. doesn't always show up in the stats hmm. it's kind you of an I, interesting uh you and i are just onlookers our day we're just we're <laughs> We're just seeing the flash. We're, we're, we can't break it down in detail. Micah, he's, I'm sure he's had many good games, and we're, all we're talking about is, is the ones where he got he was unblocked, probably. <laughs> hey, it's all about the numbers, all about the stats. There we go. Uh, and a few of those stats, Tiger Cats won for the first time this season when scoring first. Those 34 points they had against that. Toronto, that's the most they've scored this season. Yeah, They've won three in a row at home. Of course, they're going to be on the road against Montreal. Three and one against the East Division. They beat every team in the East. They had two fourth quarter touchdowns against Toronto, which was big. Seth Smalls come in. He's hit nine straight field goals, nine straight converts. You love the uniform ones. They've won three in a row in the black tops and the gold pants. Oh, wow. Might not see that on the road, though. True. But the road is the issue. 0-4 on the road, have not won on the road. Their offensive numbers are way down on the road. They're averaging close to 30 points at home, but on the road it's just over 14 points per game in those over those four games. So are you concerned about the road play of the Tiger Cats? Well, every city is different to me because I think we talked about, you know, at BMO Field, I, I loved playing in Toronto um, just because it was – geographically close but also the grass i like the grass i liked the locker room montreal uh, it, uh, you know always a great trip you, uh, oftentimes we would take the train out there it just makes for a fun uh, uh trip but the locker room is tough i i didn't love playing montreal never felt like i played very very good there for for whatever reason um and then of course going out west is a, is a beast of its own so and it's interesting you bring that up because i don't know if it, i can't remember if it was last last week or the or the first toronto game you and i were talking about in, the league was lopsided for a week there where all in total, all the games, more, more away teams had won than home teams. And that's not yes. true with the Tiger Cats, but in the, across the league, it was really interesting. I mean, a lot of, a lot of traveling teams had been winning games, but the Tiger Cats, like you said, have not, have not been able to win on the road yet. Um, and they're going to, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to, if they want to, if they want to make, make this run in the, in the second half of the season here and, and, and be first in the East, they're going to have to make it happen on the road a little bit. Um, you know, every stadium is different. Every player is different with how they respond to that. Sometimes I'll say this, RJ, the benefit of a road game is that you are isolated from the world for that day and a half before. And so you get to go out there, you're with the team. You're kind of, it's a little bit more of a structured, uh, uh, pre, uh, pre game day when you're on the road. Sometimes that can lead to a, to a better performance. So, you know, it just depends on that, on that stadium and that day for the team. Yeah, that that's interesting. They they really haven't had a road trip for a while. They did play in Toronto. This, by the way, these next two games are the longest road trip of the season for the Tiger Cats. So in Montreal on Saturday, 
and then in Toronto on Friday. So again, not really a lot of time away from Hamilton for the Tiger Cats. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. And Tim Hortons Field has been good for them. Not that they're not undefeated, of course, at home, but they've, like you said, been able to do great, especially in the second part of the early season here. And uh, Toronto feels like the one that got away from them in at, at BMO Field. You know, I mean, it was just surprising how things started to go in that game. And so, you know, I think I think if they could steal this one away from Montreal, I think you're lined up. I think you're in a great position going into the last uh, back-to-back with Toronto. Yes, for sure. And Tiger Cats travel. You and I do a lot of a lot of commuting. So if if we're ever looking for tires, we know where to go, don't we? Oh, RJ, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> tires tires are our thing here at the Ticats Audio Network. We've got so Ticat fans, it is time to ride on our strength. We'll fill you in on our little cheeky inside joke here. From now until October 13th, <laughs> you can purchase four eligible Hercules passenger or light truck tires to receive a $100 Ticats rewards card and can be entered to win our road trip sweepstakes available at participating active green and Ross Ontario locations or visit HerculesTires.com/AGR rewards. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And how'd you get better at reading sponsorships than me? (laughs) I didn't take you long. (laughs) Yeah. Well, communications at at, uh, at Cornell. I don't know if you ever heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) I have. (laughs) Now, uh, you're you're not going to be at the game, Luke. I'm not going to be at the game this week. I have a family commitment out there, but my... uh, Mentor, you're the, you're my media mentor, my football mentor as a tie cat, and the more than capable, uh, the greatest eighty three uh, will be in the booth, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys are gonna ha- call a great game. Absolutely, Andy Fantuz will be beside me. We'll have a we'll have a good time. We will miss you, Luke, but you'll be uh, back hopefully for the Toronto game. I assume, God willing, Toronto game on the uh, following Friday. And, uh, yeah, very exciting. The East man, we have, we we're in for a great, uh, second half here. It's going to start taking shape for sure. Well, have a, have a good trip and, uh, we'll, uh, I know you'll be listening to see what happens on, on Saturday. That's right. Can't wait. Can't wait. It'll be a great one. So Tiger Cats will try to win back-to-back games for the first time this season. They'll try to win their first road game of the season, snap that four-game road losing streak. It's a 4 o'clock Eastern time start in Montreal. Tiger Cats, Alouettes. You can listen to the game on the Cats Audio Network. Myself and Andy Fantuz will have the call. Luke, we'll chat to you very soon. All right, RJ. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to Cats This Week. It's been another busy week for your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead have covered it all, and now we would like to hear from you. Email us anytime at gamedayatiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Tiger Cats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.